0: Today, we are in week four, next to the last in a series called You Make the Call. And I've been talking about how God is ultimately in control of everything, but God doesn't control our lives. And we've been looking at different topics and how we respond. What call are we to make when things come our way in life? Today, we're talking about out of bounds. And it's not about what you think it might be about. When I hear out of bounds, I automatically think, well, we're talking about how to live in boundaries, how there's boundaries set up. And when we set up boundaries in life, life just goes better. And there's boundaries that if you step outside of them, then there's heavy consequences. All that's true, but that's another topic for another day. We're looking at boundaries today from a very different perspective. A football game is played out on a field that is from end to end 360 feet. And the width is 160 feet. So when you go and you watch, that's what you see. That's what you watch. You observe the game inside of those boundaries, and it makes sense because it's played inside of those boundaries. So everything that takes place is here. But when you're watching the game, what you don't see is all the stuff that happen out here. All the practice, all the blood, all the sweat, all the tears, all the effort, all the yelling by the coach, all the memorizing plays. You don't see all of that. You just see what takes place inside of these boundaries. You don't see the little boy at 12 years old passing over and over, catching over and over, blocking over and over so he can finally get in the bounds of the field and play the game. Now we'll come back to that in just a minute. That's our football lesson for the day if you're not a Christ follower, I want to talk to you for just a minute. If you're not a person that has made the decision to follow Christ, if you haven't decided that you want to give your life to him, step across that line and follow. I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize on behalf of pastors, teachers, churches who have taken the mystery out of God. People who have taken the wonder out of faith because more often than not, a relationship with Christ is presented as one of two things a way to keep you out of hell or a way to get you into heaven. Is that it? Is that all there is to following God? Is that all there is? to to making the decision to follow Christ, just a way into heaven or a way out of hell, just just fire insurance or a first-class ticket to the pearly gates? Is that it? Is there more? Could there be more to following Christ and giving your life to Him than just not going to the place you don't want to go and going to the place where everybody wants to go? Is there more? Nights when I can't sleep, I go downstairs, turn on the television, and guess what's on TV at 3 o'clock in the morning? Anybody know? Infomercials. Three o'clock in the morning, there are infomercials on, you're weak, you're a little bit sleepy. So now these things come on TV that, that they look like they're the answer to everything. They look like it's going to make your life better. So at three o'clock in the morning, I've made the decision to purchase the Abflex, the Billy Banks boot camp video, and thinking these things are going to change my life and I'm going to look like those guys on TV. going to have a six pack instead of a two liter down there. You know, I'm gonna, This is going to work out. Billy Banks Boot Camp Video is still in the wrapper. I haven't even taken them out yet. The, the, the microwave steamer. Now that will revolutionize your kitchen. And for $39.95, you get two, not one, if you order within the next 15 minutes. I thought it would change the way we... Well, my wife's probably thinking, what do you mean we cook? You know, <laughs> the way my wife cooks so we get the steamer it's nothing like what we expect and then the amazing chopper put your potatoes in there and pull that lever down and that thing just chops them in these beautiful little cubes and and I thought life would be good if my potatoes looked like that when I got home and were on the table right or if the tomatoes were that little cube oh man wouldn't that be nice so order that thing up and get there and it's broken it didn't even work I was convinced The the infomercial people, the out-of-work Hollywood people, are very good at convincing you that your life will not be complete until you purchase this product, and then it will be great. Everything's going to be wonderful. You're going to be in shape. You're going to cook better. You're going to have all this time. And sometimes people present God just like that. Just accept Christ. Just give your life to God. Everything's going to be great. You're going to get miracles flowing. Your life's going to be perfect. You're never going to be down. You're never going to be hurt. You're never going to experience loss. Just give your life to God and all's going to be okay. And is that the way it happens? No. It doesn't happen that way. Are Christians, are people who follow Christ, are they exempt from all of those things? No. I believe following Christ doesn't exempt you from those things, but it sure does give you a way to handle those things. But sometimes people present him in a way that takes the mystery out of who God is, the mystery out of who Christ is, and says, just follow these four things. Just follow these five steps. And if you do that, everything's going to be okay. If you do that, everything's going to be all right. And then there's no mystery in God at all. And God is so much bigger. He's a much bigger being than a four- or five-step formula. He's a much bigger being than the bounds that we can put him in. There is no formula to follow God. And I know if you're an engineer, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I live my life with formulas. Now you're telling me there's no formula to follow God. What am I supposed to do? In 1988, I got to tell you this story. In 1988, I went to a costume party and I was a clown, dressed like a clown. And I go into this party in this barn that's way out in the country, and I'm, I go in. I don't know anybody. I'm new to this whole uh, group that I'm a part of, and and I go into this uh, barn, and, and there's all this hay, and over in the corner, I see a blue crayon, and I thought, that is a nice-looking crayon, so finally, I go over. I talk to the blue crayon, and it was a person dressed up like crayon, But so, so I talk to her, and <laughs> And through persistence, in a couple years, I began to date that blue crayon. And then, through more persistence, in a couple of more years, I got engaged to that blue crayon. And then I married that blue crayon. So it all goes back to that that day, that night at that party, looking across the room as a clown and seeing my wife in a blue crayon costume, saying, "Oh my gosh, she is sharp, you know. <laughs> Look at her." And so. If somebody would say, look, Donnie, you got to get that love formula. You got to write it down. You got to give it to her and say, to follow this formula, and, and it's all going to work out. There is no formula for falling in love, right? I know some of you wish so bad there was, but there is no formula. That's not the way it happens. Something happens inside of us. It's something that just comes upon you. It's not something you map out. It just. Happens. It just occurs. And love itself is a mystery because how do you fall into it? How does it, you know, how does that work? And and we just don't know. We just do it. It just happens. And it's great. There is no formula for following God either. He doesn't work that way. When Jesus Christ was on earth and going around teaching and preaching and, and telling people what he was going to do. He would go into an entire village, and a big room of people who were sick, who couldn't walk, who couldn't speak, who had diseases. And Jesus would go in this room, sometimes dozens and dozens of people, and he would pick out one person and he would heal that person. Why, why wouldn't he heal them all? That's kind of mysterious, isn't it? Why wouldn't Jesus like, you're healed, you're healed? One person, he heals that person. I don't know Why? People would come up to Jesus and want to know about how to go to heaven. And some people he would say, you need to have faith in me. Some people he would say, you need to believe in me. Some people he would say, you need to sell all your possessions and come and follow me. You read the Bible and some places it says, trust in God. Some places it says, repent and you're okay. Some places it says, confess and you're okay. Some places it says, be baptized and you're okay. And you'll look at that and you're looking for a formula and it gets frustrating if that's what you're looking for is a perfect four or five step formula to get to know God because a formula takes all the mystery out of who he is. There's not a four or five step method to just walk along and get to know him. In Matthew 19, a young man came up to Jesus and he was looking for a quick fix four- or five-step method to get to go to heaven. He said to Jesus in Matthew 19, verse 16, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? What do I have to do? And, and, and he goes on to tell Jesus all these wonderful things that he's done, and he's asking Jesus for a quick formula, and Jesus said, There's no formula. Just sell everything you have and just come follow me like these other guys have. And he didn't want to do that. Jesus knew that if he gave us a formula, if he gave them a formula, if he gave this young man a formula, then the faith would be in that and it wouldn't be in him. And if there was a formula today that I could give you and say, follow these steps and you can be assured that you know God, then your faith would be more in those steps and more in that formula than it was in God. The disciples saw this saw this conversation between Jesus and this other man and thought, okay, there's no formula, there's no steps to follow, so how do people get to go to heaven? And Jesus looked and he said, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, God is so much bigger than anything man can see, than any steps or any formula that man can come up with. God is so much bigger than the boundary we try to put him in. If you open up the Bible and begin in Genesis and start to read, it's not long before you read about God's chosen people in the Old Testament, and that's the Israelites. The Israelites ended up in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. And it wasn't until God called Moses to go into Pharaoh's house and say, let these people go. And finally, through a huge, huge chain of events, Pharaoh let the Israelites go. And they began a journey that should have taken about four months to get to the promised land, but it took 40 years. 40 years it took them to get to this land that God had promised generations before to Abraham and said, you're going to have this land, and the Bible calls it a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, you're going to get to go to this land that's abundant. Along this journey, their leader Moses died and their new leader Joshua came in to power and now Joshua was leading them towards the promised land and they get all the way to where they're across the river, literally from the promised land. They're just across the river. They can see it. They can see the river. But unfortunately, at that time of year, the Jordan River that they needed to cross was at flood stage. The Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea, which is the lowest spot on earth, 1,300 feet below sea level. Normally, it's just a nice little stream that flows down through the mountains, and you could just step across it. But during flood season, the strongest man alive couldn't get through it. And here they stood, these millions of Jewish people in front of this raging river with no possible way to get across They're probably in groups thinking, okay, if I put this little guy on this tree and let it go, maybe we can get across that way. Or maybe this guy can run really fast. Maybe he can hop across on the rocks. And they're probably trying to figure out all these ways they can get across because they've had this 40-year journey, and they finally see the land that their grandparents told them about, and they can't get there because of this raging river right in front of them. But what they couldn't see with their human eyes is that God was at work outside of the boundaries they had put him in. God was at work out of their sight upstream in their life, literally. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, it says this. Now it was harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant touched the water at the river's edge, the water began piling up at a town upstream called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the city of Jericho. The water stopped and they strolled across. And God was at work upstream out of their sight and they didn't even know it. They had no knowledge of it, but God was at work beyond their boundaries. Now, back to the football field. When we observe God working, when we observe God through going to church, through being a community group, or whatever, we observing, observe Him inside of boundaries that we put up. And inside these boundaries, what we know We're confident. We know it. We know if we get involved in community, we know our lives are going to get better. We know we're going to build relationships if we get involved in community. We know that if we come to worship God, that pleases Him. We know that. We know that if we invest our lives in something, then we'll get a return on that. We know if we give, then God will give back to us. We know those things. But then outside of these boundaries that we know are things that we we know we don't know. That we're we're sure we don't know. Like, you know, uh, where does God live? That's something we know we don't know. Or how old is God? Or who created God? Or was God a created being? And those are things we don't know. Where, where did Adam and Eve's sons get their wives? You know, we know we don't know that. Uh, where did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? No clue. You know, we're sure we don't know that one. But then, here's what we know. Here's what we know we don't know. But then outside of that is a bunch of stuff that we don't know we don't know and I don't know what that is but there's stuff in our lives we don't know it and we don't know we don't know it and God is always at work in our lives whether we know it or not whether we feel him or not he is at work and the Israelites had to stand in front of that river and think we can't cross it there's no way, it's not possible it can't be done And they're right. With man, it was impossible. But just like Jesus said in Matthew 19 that I read just a minute ago, with God, all things are possible. So they're standing in front of this river wondering, how can we do this? And knowing that can't be done. And God was at work upstream outside of the boundaries they knew. He was at work and they didn't even know it. My question today is, what's the river in your life? What's the river in your life? What's got you scared? What's got you wondering and confused and concerned that the next step you take is going to be the one where the current catches you and takes you to places you don't want to go? What's the river? Been betrayed by a friend? Been betrayed by a spouse? Is the debt mounting up faster than you can deal with it? Do you look in the mirror and think, I hate that person? Are you dealing with an addiction? Did you lose somebody you love? Is the river your physical appearance that you try to lose weight, gain weight, whatever, and it just never seems to work? Is the river that you're just not comfortable with who God made you? Is your river your money that you only use to bring comfort to yourself and never... Share that with anybody else. Maybe you're putting off following Christ until you can just understand him better. Until you can just conquer some things in your life, you're just going to put it off. Or maybe something's happened in your life that makes you doubt. Maybe your river is a lost relationship. Maybe your river is an episode in your life that you're just mad at God, you're mad at everybody, and you just, you just want to be that way. If that's you, know this, that although you may live here and know the things you know about God, he is working in your life and in other people's lives in ways you don't even know. God is at work upstream, out of bounds in your life. Write write that down. God is at work upstream in my life. And God just says, be patient with me. And it'll be revealed to you when you're ready to have it revealed to you. God is patient with us, and he asks us to be patient with him. So, I'm sorry when when I or anybody else gives you quick fix easy answers and say, if you do these three things, then this will happen. If you do these four things, then this will happen. And here's the steps to a happy life. And here's the steps to a perfect marriage. I hope there are days that you leave with more questions than answers. That you leave with more questions than you do quick fix, easy answers, because God knows that in our questions, in our wondering, and sometimes in our confusion is where he can really begin to work in our lives. He knows that it's in our questions where we start to see how big He is and how capable He is of working miracles in our lives in ways that we have no idea. God's at work upstream in your life, outside of the boundaries that you've put up. So are, are you going to see God as working... Only within your boundaries, only in what you know, only in what you can experience. And allow the river to scare you, allow the river to get you down, allow the river that's flowing in your life to make it worse. And only see God as right here and the pain you're going through and the hurt and the confusion or whatever you're going through. Are you only going to see God as being able to deliver from there? Or are you going to make the call? To say, God, you're at work upstream and outside of the boundaries I've set up. You're at work in ways in my life that I have no idea. It's your call.